0: This is Eddie Has Risen and also Jesus. There are some movies where you watch them when you're a kid and everybody in the movie seems really old. And then you watch them again when you're older and everybody in them seems really old. And then you watch them again when you're older than the people in the movie when they made the movie and they still seem really old. Grease is one of those movies. Uh, American Graffiti is another. All of the movies from the days when it was normal for all men to wear ties and fedoras at all times but especially Eddie and the Cruisers. Eddie and the Cruisers is also one of those movies where I've seen it like one million times and I don't know why. You might have movies like that where you like them okay, they're not your favorite, but for some reason you just will always watch them on TV over and over until even though you might not have seen them in years, you can still picture every scene and sometimes you might be lying in bed at night and out of nowhere into your head pops, you got some fine college here. All the advantages. You got your ivy walls, lecture halls, full dress balls, and you got the cruisers for the nasty stuff. If Eddie and the Cruisers is not that kind of movie for you or you've never seen it, the premise is this. There's this guy, Eddie, and he was a rock star who disappeared. And now some music magazine lady is interviewing one of the old members of the band, Tom Berenger. Because they found these old reel-to-reel tapes from back in the days of Eddie and the Cruisers and they were going to be released. And the thing about Eddie and the Cruisers was Eddie died one day and the tapes disappeared. Only did Eddie actually die or simply disappear. Nobody knows. But let's go back and revisit the glory days of Eddie and the Cruisers. That is pretty much it. I had to see the movie about 30 times just to figure out that much, I think. A couple things still remain somewhat confusing, though. Such as, how is it... Eddie and the Cruisers were this legendary band that would warrant nationwide articles when their old tapes were found, but they never played a single gig bigger than a private college or a Sunset Strip-type rock club. Also, didn't Eddie deserve a much hotter chick than the girl that played his girlfriend? Ellen Barkin, who, who admittedly is one of those I just don't get, plays the music reporter, and she spends the movie squirming around her bar stool towards Tom Berenger like she was trying to smother a fire with her pelvis. Uh, Joey Pants from Sopranos is in it. He's the oh, actually no, he's Joey Pants, but he's Ralphie in The Sopranos. He's the bad guy in the movie because he wants to steal the tapes, but it wasn't a bad enough crime to where he wasn't allowed to keep his head. The guy who played David Silver's dad on 90210 is in there. And, of course, Eddie himself, played by Michael Peyre, who should have been a much bigger star. He did a movie called Streets of Fire. Some people loved it. Rick Moranis was Diane Lane's boyfriend. And she was the rocker that time. And Willem Dafoe was the villain. It might have been set in the 50s, might not have been. It was like a mysterious era where it wasn't normal for men to wear ties at all times, that it was normal for them to wear leather pants and suspenders with no shirt. The main thing I remember about that movie was that this white guy had a hit song from it, I Can Dream About You, but the video showed scenes from the movie where black guys were dubbed in singing, so it was very confusing and probably vexing for the white guy. Michael Peyre was also the bad boy student in the class of William Cat when he was a teacher in um, Greatest American Hero. With Eddie and the Cruisers, even though you saw Michael Payrail, black muscle shirted up and sweating with the exertion of his singing, the voice of Eddie and the voices of the Cruisers were from John Cafferty and the Beaver 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 Brown Band. It's a paint color. Even those who had never seen the movie knew that bit of trivia and would share it happily and frequently as it was an excuse to say Beaver over and over again. Not until the butthole surfers hit mainstream did suburban kids take such delight in calling radio stations and requesting a particular band and listening gleefully for the DJ to repeat it. My friend Evan had seen Eddie and the Cruisers and was captivated by it. Not the beaver-brown tie-in and not the plot as a whole, but specifically the end when the music of the long disbanded Eddie and the Cruisers is being played again over the airwaves of America and the kids love it and a special about the believed dead Eddie is running on television and a figure stops by and he looks at that show on the televisions playing in a shop window display and oh my god it's Eddie or is it he's not dead he faked his own death did he but why that's it declared Evan that's the ultimate prank I'm gonna stage my own phony death For most people, or from most people, this would be an idle promise, something you'd bring up jokingly and forget about. But out of everyone who might entertain such a thought, Evan was the one guy who might very well try to pull it off. Evan had a ton of friends, and he was always making new ones because he was in continuous need of fresh patsies to play jokes on. His trademark prank was to round up a group of volunteers to drive a new innocent friend up onto the mountain outside our town just after sunset under the pretense of there being a big party up there on the mountain they were all going to now in certain areas of this mountain there would be these really sharp hairpin curves where you'd steer the car around a corner and the headlights would then veer on and illuminate a small area of tall trees in a manner most creepy then quickly pass off that area as the car would curve in another direction so evan would station himself around a corner like that, and he would stand perfectly motionless in a ditch right off the side of the road wearing overalls and a potato sack over his face and chest with two gaping eye holes cut out holding a pitchfork. The car's headlights would sweep over this horrible, horrible sight and be gone around the next corner almost before the image even had time to register. Even when you were one of the people in the car who knew what was coming, it was still hard not to scream and scream and scream when this popped up around a random shadowed bend. Evan liked to accentuate the experience by having the driver of the car playing specific music on the stereo at the time, the theme from Children of the Corn or Phantasm or the ever-popular Tubular Bells from The Exorcist. So Evan talked about faking his death for months and months and months with anyone who would listen, which kind of seems counterproductive to the whole idea of faking your own death. What's going to happen is you're going to disappear and nobody's going to say, oh my God, Evan's dead. They're just going to say, well, here he is faking his death like he said he was going to, pointed out Evan's friend Rory. Or, added a girl named Beth, you're really going to die and then no one will believe you because it'll be like the boy who cried wolf. Beth had been on the receiving end in the backside victim seat of Evan's burlap man on the mountain, not once, but on two separate occasions and bore lingering grudges. She still couldn't hear more than the few opening notes of tubular bells without crying and saying, cut it out, cut it out. But Evan was unfazed by his doubters. I don't know if there's ever been a successful, you know, famous case of someone faking their own death, said Evan. They said Elvis might be alive. Hitler, Jim Morrison, Andy Kaufman. There was that John is dead Beatles thing. Paul is dead. corrected Beth. John is dead. Maybe, said Rory. It happens all the time in the mafia, Evan said. A mafia tie-in might be the way to go. Evan said, Beth, no one in the world would ever believe your family has the vaguest ties with the mob. Evan's dad had been a social studies teacher at our own junior high, and his mom was a homemaker who taught Sunday school and showed up to every school athletic function for support, whether she had children participating or not. It's always the people you least suspect, though, said Evan. Which brings up another point, said Beth. How are your parents going to react to you faking your own death? Have you thought about that? They're going to lose their minds with worry. And when it turns out it was a prank, they're going to kill you. Or people will believe they killed me, said Evan. Then I can come back. But yeah, point taken. And what about Thanos, said Rory? Who's that, said Beth. Thanos is one of the Eternals of Titan. He had five of the six soul gems, and to get the sixth, he had to befriend Warlock's evil future self, and then Captain Marvel and Thor and Iron Man and the Thing showed up. And interestingly, it was Spider-Man who showed up to save all the Avengers. It was the golden period of comic Crossover. But I know in there somewhere, Thanos faked his own death to get the sixth soul gem, but it didn't work. You're wrong, Phoebe. Thanos didn't fake his death. Adam Warlock killed him. Then Lady Death brought him back, said Evan. Wrong. Wrong! said Rory. Thanos killed Adam Warlock right before Thor attacked him. Look it up. Look it up. But Warlock's spirit was trapped in the sixth gem and when it shattered his soul, leaped out and turned Thanos into stone, which is not the same thing as killing him. Then why did Lady Death bring him back to fight Silver Surfer, screamed Evan, because he was dead. Oh my God, said Beth. It's so very hard to believe that either of you guys are still single. However, the issue was not or not resolved. Or that should be, I guess, was or was not resolved. Evan was still no closer to refining his plan. More time passed and spring moved in. And with it, most unexpectedly came the answer. Bestowed unto Evan by none other than his no ties full full-of-school spirit and goodness, church-growing mother. Jesus Christ, said Evan. What is it, said Beth. No, said Evan. Jesus Christ. That's the ultimate back-from-the-dead person. That's how I'm going to do it. You're going to be crucified, said Rory. Are you saying Jesus faked his death, said Beth? That's full on blasphemy. Well, he might have said, Evan. He might have done it to prove a point. Look, I'm just saying that's how I'm going out. I'm going to do all the steps leading up to the actual crucifixion. I might go into a cave. I'm not going to actually be crucified, though. But then I'll make my triumphant return unto my flocks. My parents can't get mad because the whole point of being a Christian is you're supposed to live your life by the example of the life Jesus led, right? So what could be more Christ-like? They'll be overjoyed. We all doubted this last part very much, but we were curious to hear the details of the plan. So these are my mom's Sunday school notes, said Evan. Her lesson is what Jesus did during the week leading up to Good Friday. Is that the thing after Mardi Gras, said Rory? No, that's Lent, said Beth. Good Friday is when Jesus died. No, that's Easter, said Rory. Oh, my God, Easter's when he comes back, said Beth. Oh, well, excuse me very much for not being versed in your mythology, said Rory. Oh, oh, and guess what, Rory? Palm Sunday, that's the day Jesus and Batman gathered up all of the Infinity Gems, said Beth. Everyone shut up, said Evan. Here's the timeline. Okay, said Evan. The Saturday before Palm Sunday, I have to spend the night with three of my friends. So Rory, see if I can stay over Saturday night and then your brother will be there and we'll have Todd or Jim come by and that'll make three. And then we'll turn water into wine. Well, ha, said Rory. Uh, said Evan, consulting his notes. No, I lecture you guys about the importance of community. Oh, hang on. It's supposed to be one guy, two girls, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. I don't suppose your parents will go for that? I'm calling dibs on Lazarus, said Rory. Well, whatever, said Evan. The next day, Palm Sunday, there's supposed to be a parade And my followers wave branches and they lay down clothing in my honor. I figure we can do that at the mall. And then on Monday, Jesus goes into the temple, sees the arcades and knocks them all over. So that'll be the mall too uh, at the arcade. I've knocked one of those machines over before, but it was by accident. That's not what arcade means, said Beth. He knocked over the merchants' tables because he didn't want commerce interfering with the act of worship in the temples. Do you actually even ever go to Sunday school? Dude, bingo. He's talking about bingo, said Rory. There's Monday night bingo at the Elks. My Nana goes to it. You have to go and knock a table down. All right, so then Tuesday, continued Evan, um, it just says he taught people all day and into the night and talked about the day of reckoning and how you shouldn't squander the one life you have. And now Wednesday was a day of silence and solitude. Thursday, he washed the dusty feet of his disciples. You're not getting anywhere, my feet, buddy, said Rory. Well, if you're Lazarus, you're not a disciple and he doesn't wash your feet, said Beth. That's all the more reason I call Lazarus, said Rory. Okay, 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 said Evan. Friday, crucifixion day, the skies get dark, there's an earthquake, Jesus cries out, it is finished, they put him in the tomb. That's going to be a tricky one. And then I just have to lay low until, oh, hey, oh, my God, said Rory. You know where Lazarus is from? He was the bad guy on that show. What? Oh, my God. What? It was on the air for like a month, but it kicked ass. Once a hero. Do you remember that? Once a hero. They go back and forth from the real world to the cartoon world. And my God, and oh, the main guy is Captain Justice. Okay, so he has this orange suit. No, you're thinking of greatest American hero, said Beth. With Michael Peyre. No, I'm not, said Rory. His face was plus five, crimson. No, it was once a hero. I know what you're talking about, said Evan. It wasn't cool. It sucked. Plus, it was a Roger Rabbit ripoff. No, it came out before Roger Rabbit, said Rory. It is finished. It is finished, said Beth hopefully. And the battle raged in a manner most unchristlike until the day of reckoning was at hand, that being the Saturday before Palm Sunday. End of part one. You won't have to wait three days, though, just one.